You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of thunderquack.com. You can get it early every Tuesday on patreon.com slash thunderquack, uh, or you can get it late over on podcast services across the galaxy every Friday. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Conkin. Amanda is sick. I'm, so- I'm sorry, everybody. I'm so sick. Usually it's me. Usually I'm the one who's who's powering through. Um, I have been sick like i remember like trying not to get sick back yeah. in november like i've been very good all winter and now i just it hit me on the butt so uh yeah it, yeah it, it sounds like it landed square <laughs> on your chest yeah and uh, i so we i tried i tried really hard i i on short notice to get um uh, a co-host <laughs> a substitute in here but have to listen to me it's like the this is apparently like the most like the busiest most social monday uh <laughs> in the calendar year um because everybody's got something to do tonight um but uh yeah it was like <laughs> i went i went through quite a few people uh and wow. uh, everybody was like oh man i got plans oh i got it i got this thing oh it's so everybody had everybody had a good reason um I'll just but, try to uh, drink more tea. Yeah, be better. That'll help. At- um, <laughs> but uh, so this this will be a little bit of a shorter episode um, for our second episode back. <laughs> we're uh, we're already off quality the rails, content. but that's fine. Quality content. Um, I but I I so we're gonna talk about a few things on this episode. Uh, we're gonna talk about uh, uh, somehow we didn't last week talk about the Super Bowl Marvel uh, Disney Plus spot um, with, with the little clips of all the different stuff coming on Disney Plus. I uh, and I uh, uh, we're gonna talk about what was the other thing we we're gonna talk about. I know I remember what the main thing is, but there was one other thing that I said. <laughs> you were gonna talk about how Sonic is doing. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have an update on Sonic because that movie is kicking butt at the box office, uh, and then uh, and then we're gonna, yeah, and then Picard, and then we're gonna talk about the Good Place. Um, now and I I've, haven't I haven't watched Picard, so I feel it's not like spoilery except for the Good Place. So yeah, yeah. Um, Cool. So uh, let's talk about let's talk about these these MCU shows on Disney Plus and this sneak peek that we got to see. Um, it happened during the Super Bowl. It's like a thirty second spot. It is nothing, but it's everything. Um, <laughs> and we got to see. WandaVision. Uh, uh, I'm yeah, so excited. Yeah, we got to see some really cool stuff from WandaVision, which is looking like it's going to be a very interesting show. Can um, I just say? Yeah. In true Amanda fashion, <laughs> I didn't understand that it was a show about Wanda and Vision. I'm such a f- idiot. Like <laughs> honestly, I thought it was like I don't even know yeah. what it, I don't even know what I thought it was. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, Oh, I'm so here for this. I'm very excited. So. Yeah. Um. So 
uh, for those who don't know, WandaVision is going to um, it's it's kind of a loose adaptation of a couple of stories or like three stories, actually three or four. Um, I, there's a little bit of a house of M flavor in there. Uh, there's, there's a story very recently. I don't know what it was called, but it, but it happened fairly recently where, um, where Wanda basically creates a pocket dimension to live in, um, because the real world is, is a bummer. Um, and, uh, and then there's, there's, uh, true to my my heart. I'm called true to my heart. (laughs) Um, and then there was a, a, a solo series uh, starring the Vision um, a few years back that uh, that's actually very heavily influencing this as well. Um, that was about like Vision. He basically created a family. He built because he's a robot. He built a robot wife and robot children. Um, and uh, uh, hijinks ensue. Hijinks involving murder. Robots. Um, doesn't seem like a good enough word to describe vision sure um <laughs> automaton uh android i don't know what he's vision everybody knows the deal um yeah. she's doing robot as a shorthand so i uh, so yeah it's it it looks like uh post end game that wanda has either chosen to use her powers or her powers are kind of doing this on their own and she doesn't realize it at first. Um, but they've created, uh, like a, a pocket dimension, um, that is modeled after sitcoms. So if, uh, if, if you look really closely in the, in the few scenes that we've seen, um, the living room that they show her in, like, so we kind of see her through all these different time periods. They're all like famous, TV living rooms, um, yes. like Growing Pains and Brady Bunch and that sort of thing. So, I uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting um, and uh, to see uh, what what they use as their in- their inspiration um, in those areas, like like in those different the different time periods. Um, and then the other part of it is that um, in the comics, Wanda and Vision have two kids, and uh, there is in one scene, there's, there's two cribs and two soothers pop out of the cribs. Um, I, so that like, we're going to actually get to see those, those characters in the MCU. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's a spoiler to talk about their kids because we don't know if the MCU versions will be the same as the comic books, but like like they their their kids are a big deal in the in 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 the Marvel continuity and um and and have have been on different teams and that sort of thing so um so yeah i don't know it's really exciting what they could be setting up because there 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 are kind of no rules uh in this pocket dimension cuz cuz Wanda's powers are kind of off the off the scale um and uh, i i her primary power source, even though she got it from the, the, um, I guess that's the, the mind stone. Yeah. It was the mind stone that gave them their abilities. Um, Wanda's powers actually are derived from the, the reality stone, which is why it's like the red sort of liquidy mist when she uses her abilities and Quicksilver's powers were the, the 
the space stone the the tesseract which is why he was able to move fast right and why it was blue when he did it so um seeing how that how that translates and everything and how how the the because the infinity stones have all been destroyed at this point in the mcu timeline but she's the only one left as far as well no i guess that's not true captain marvel also has has infinity stone powers um so the two of them have their powers from the infinity stone but but she can alter reality the same as as the reality gem so um yeah it it it, i'm i'm really excited for that but before that comes out um and actually it got pushed it was supposed to it was it pushed up um it was supposed to come out in early 2020 2021 but it's actually going to come out i think in november um and they moved up uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier to August, which I think it was originally sort of rumored that it would be like a September October thing. Um, and don't don't expect these shows to be as big as I mean, like it's it's hard to quantify this stuff. There won't be as much content as there is with the Mandalorian, which has what does the Mandalorian have? Eight, eight episodes. Is it eight episodes? Oh, it might actually be about the same because. There will be four episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I don't know if we have a number on WandaVision. Four yet. episodes? Yikes. <laughs> yeah, it'll be four episodes, but but there it's four one hour episodes. One ish hour. Just making making kind of a movie. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a mini series, right? Yeah, like it's, it's a I uh, I uh, yeah, but it, it is basically just like an extended movie. Um Dude, did they announce the Mandalorians also coming back in like early November or something like that? Like they, they're getting they did, to yeah. really yeah. fast. Yeah. yeah. So uh, at the end of season one, they confirmed that we already knew that season two was happening. Season two got picked up before Disney Plus even launched. Um. So yeah, but we we were kind of speculating that it would be in in sort of the late Q three q4 area um and then they did they did kind of drop that that it'll be um october november um of 2020 i think uh so yeah do we have an actual date that's very fast yeah well they were already working on it right like they when when season one was airing they were filming season two so okay um, sure. Yeah, and then on top of it, if you haven't seen any of the behind-the-scenes stuff, there's a few videos that have been posted um, of of the volume, the 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 set that they used to shoot this stuff. And if you if if you see how that technology works, you can see how they're going to be able to do this so quickly, because that that tech is allowing them to just. It, if they're, like they're just they're basically using video game environments to create yeah. these sets and then the characters are just standing in this space uh and 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 kind of reacting and and doing their thing um so it's not like they have to build huge sets they're right. they're building kind of extensions off of the screen that match up with the screen um, it's, it's so crazy what they're doing and this is so awesome. And it means that, that we're going to get a lot of really cool stuff in TV and film in the next decade. Cause this technology is going to allow them to, to 
just kind of do what George Lucas was trying to do on the prequels, but not just make it a room full of blue screen. Instead, like the actors will be in the environment. The lighting will match perfectly um, because it'll be coming from the environment and the actors will have something to play off of. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like I, I, that, that tech I think is what's allowing them to turn this around so quickly. Um, And I, I, it'll be, I, I think that we'll start to see it applied not just with the Mandalorian, but I think it'll start to be used in some of the MCU stuff as well um, in the in, in the next couple of years. Um, I think that Disney is just going to be, like, it's their tech, and they're just going to be using it like crazy. Um, like, it's ILM that that's that's pioneering this stuff. So um, yes. I guess, I, I don't know, I guess ILM might not be part of, I don't know if ILM was yeah, part, no, still like part it's, of Lucasfilm. It's film. not Lucasfilm, right? It's like its yeah. own thing, right? Isn't yeah. it? It was part of Lucasfilm, but I think I think it may have split off at some point before the the purchase. So although, um, although, I wonder because I was looking for jobs at one point in time, and Lucasfilm and ILM are the same thing, but they might not yeah. be anymore. Um, interesting. Anyways, I uh, yeah, so I I. I don't know. It's funny because I think feel like we know more about WandaVision. Um, we know next to nothing about Loki. We just know that he's going to travel through time. And the rumor... Can you guys hear the crying in the background? Um, yeah. uh, the rumor is that is that Kang the Conqueror, who is a time-traveling villain of the Avengers, um, is going to be in the Loki series, but that's not confirmed yet. Um, and that's basically all we know about Loki. Uh, is he the Loki like is he going to be the Loki that escaped in Endgame but like how does that not break all the rest of the continuity Uh, nothing can break continuity because of the time travel rules that they established in Endgame they they return back to their timeline so their timeline is always their timeline you can't destroy a timeline you right. just create you can just tangents. Compromise the other one. It's right, just right. yeah. So, so this is my guess is that the Loki series it's going to be really straightforward. He's got the tesseract, and he's using it to travel through time and space, <laughs> and uh, like he uses it probably to travel through time at first, and then and then somehow he's or sorry through space first, and then somehow he's traveling through time as well, um, and creating alternate. He's going to basically start to break the time stream. And I think that Kang is going to become aware of this and come in to deal with it. And I think we'll probably see other characters who will come in to deal with it as well. There will probably be like Kang will be the evil side and and we'll have there are many different heroes that they could choose from. But somebody will come in from the hero side to try and stop Loki and Loki will be the anti-hero in the middle who's like, I'm just trying to survive like in in the main timeline. I died being a hero and i so i'm not gonna be a hero but i also i'm not a villain right so it'll kind of be his journey in figuring that out and becoming a a a fun anti-hero for us to enjoy um but uh like the great thing about the loki series is that literally anybody can show up nice because it's dealing with different time periods and traveling all over all over the place um 
And it's Tom Hiddleston. Want, it's it's just want. we're just gonna focus on Tom Hiddleston. Who do I want to show yeah. up? Yeah. Um, yeah. Tony Stark is obviously the the easiest to say, but honestly, I I would actually really love to see um, uh, Sif come back because we haven't seen her since Dark World. Um, she's not in Ragnarok, and she wasn't in Endgame. Like like. Er, was she in the final battle in Endgame? I don't think so. I don't remember seeing Sif. We saw but, a lot of characters, but like, so that's a character who's been kind of conspicuously absent and a character that I really like. Um, I, so, I know you, you didn't. Yeah. Carry on. No, I, that, so the, the, her and then, and then honestly, I think it would be fun if they could pull in some of the Netflix characters. Oh yeah. By by way of like time travel and and like alternate reality shenanigans where it's like, "Oh, okay, cool. That's so we're seeing them and it's like they're they are MCU but they're in an offshoot because right. of something that Loki did. So that's why we'll never see them alongside the Avengers, but but explaining that this actually like they have an opportunity with this show to retcon all of the weird stuff that's happened around shield and I, uh, I, uh, and, and the Netflix shows and all of that, all that stuff that was supposed to be MCU, but isn't MCU. I don't think that they'll do that, but they could. Um, so that, that would be fun. I mean, I thought it, I thought it was MCU. Is it like they, they undid some stuff recently? Loki is MCU. No, but- no, but- I thought that the Marvel shows or the, the Netflix the shows? shows. No. Yeah. So they're, <clears throat> they exist in a universe that acknowledges the MCU, but like what daredevil does, doesn't affect Spider-Man. Yeah. But like, I thought daredevil's world was the one that was destroyed by the attack on New York. Yeah, yes, that's what I'm saying. Like they like the like Daredevil acknowledges the MCU, but, but the MCU doesn't it. acknowledge Daredevil. It's a yeah. one-way street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so cuz like crazy stuff happens in Defenders. Like like a whole building collapses and like it's never we never talk about it in the MCU. It's not important. Right? But like they mention Stark, they mention Thor. Like it's it like the the characters exist in that world, but it might not be exactly the MCU. It's 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 and it, it, the other part of it that makes it difficult is that Disney isn't allowed to use those characters for a certain amount of time because right. of it because of the deal with Netflix. Right. So I don't know when that elapses. I think it actually elapses sometime later this year. Um and oh. at which point, like, like when Loki comes out, I think they'll be able to use those characters again. And that's the only reason that I put that out there and say, like, maybe this is a way to reintroduce some of these characters. Because honestly, like, Luke Cage not getting resolved drives me nuts because I loved that show. And the season two ended on a cliffhanger. Um, and and I, I. Oh, man. Uh, Charlie Cox. Yeah. Uh, as Daredevil, like he deserves to be in the MCU. He's great. All, all four of those care, all five or six of those characters, like the heroes that we developed over the course of the Netflix shows, should have been in Endgame. And I think that had Disney Plus not pissed off Netflix, that they would have been. I think that we would have seen at least Daredevil, um, but we should have seen, we should have seen all of the Defenders, including like. Uh, 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 
Jessica Jones. Je- well, Jessica Jones, she is one of the defend, but like I, 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 Jessica Henwick's character. Oh my God, I can't remember her. Colleen uh, uh, Wing, right? Yeah, I think cool. so. Um, yeah, it, those characters all should have should have shown up in Endgame. It, that's the way that it should have been. But um, Coulson you. and the Agents of Shield should not because that show <laughs> went off the rails and <laughs> became a ridiculous nonsense show. But um, mm-hmm. I know that some people will disagree with me on that. But Probably. Um, yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. Well, all of this stuff is coming later this year, and we're gonna have a new podcast. Um, uh, <coughs> dedicated specifically to MCU stuff, so you'll get we'll get the first episode of that. Uh, it's enough said, uh, which is a, a very common Stanley ism. Uh, but uh, we'll get that. We'll, we'll get our first episode of Enough Said when uh, Black Widow comes out later this year uh, in May. So uh, so everybody can look forward to that. And then when when um, I can't, I have such a hard time with the title because I want to say Captain America and the Winter Soldier, but Fal- when Falcon and the Winter Soldier, <laughs> when that comes out in August, we'll do regular episodes of that. So, I mean, it'll only be like four episodes, but, um, but we'll have episodes of that. And then it's, uh, my, my hope is that Disney plus is not going to air the Marvel stuff and, and, the star Wars series at the same time, like that they're planning a schedule of like, okay, here's a Marvel show. And then in between this Marvel show and the next one, we'll put out a star Wars show and they'll kind of like switch off with their original content. Um, until like later on down the road when they've kind of got their production pipeline figured out. And everything Um, comes out all the time. Yeah. And it's just continuous like it is on Netflix. But, um, my hope is that, is that, is that they do that so that I can switch back and forth between Nuff said and faster, more intense. And like, those will be sort of the two other shows. And then as well as rebel cells, if they do more animated stuff, um, which there are rumors, there are rumors that we've got another animated series coming later this year. Um, Clone Wars just started. And the first episode of rebel cells will be out tomorrow. If you're listening to this early, or it came out on Wednesday, if you're listening to this late, um so yeah i i yeah i'm i'm really hoping that disney plus can cooperate with my schedule so that i only ever have to do two podcasts at once but i but we'll see. sure we'll see um because it was a little bit crazy there with with uh we were doing um rebel cells faster more intense and quiver all at the same time because resistance Mandalorian and Arrow were all airing at the same time. So there was a few weeks in there where there were three shows that I was supposed to be on. And I just wasn't on a lot of the Mandalorian as a result. Um, Cause we have other hosts for that. The idea there is that other people are supposed to come in. So uh, let's, let's switch over to Sonic. Let's talk about that for a second before we get into Picard. I, I, cause this is really quick. Um, Sonic is just, it's just destroying the box office and it makes me super happy that that's happening um, because it shouldn't <laughs> like there's, I like, look by all accounts, we are living in, in the darkest timeline with everything else that's going on in the world. Um, but I, I, there are just this, ha- this handful of 
consolation prizes, uh, uh, you know, uh, to to keep us uh, somewhat happy. And one of those is that Sonic the Hedgehog has already made worldwide $202 million, (laughs) which is so stupid. This movie should have been a flop. (laughs) It should have just fallen completely flat with audiences. It should have been a massive disappointment. And against all odds, a live action adaptation of Sonic the Hedgehog is doing well at the box office it's critically well received and the audience loves it and (laughs) i just i don't know what i did right to to deserve this but uh but but it makes me so happy because we're definitely gonna get a sequel there's no way that after two weeks this movie made 200 million dollars and paramount's gonna go yeah you know what we'll pass on the sequel um (laughs) Because the sequel will make more money because everybody will be like, I heard that that first Sonic movie was really good. I'm going to go see this one. Um, and, you know, that'll be Sonic 2's uh, uh, ball to fumble, but uh, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure it will. Because, um, man, I don't know that they can pull this off twice. Because um, they just, like, they just barely managed to balance everything. It's one of those things where you're like, if that one scene had been five minutes longer... It would have it, it would have ruined the middle of the movie. Or if Jim Carrey had decided to do something just a little bit different, it would have ruined the movie. Or if they had gone with the original design, it would have ruined the movie. Like it would not have had the effect that it's had. So there's so many movies like that though that sometimes you mm-hmm. watch and you're like, if this had just slightly tilted one way or the other. It would have been a completely different filmmaking as like a collaborative medium. And, and I mean, like all all sort of collaborative storytelling, um, whether it's film or animation or, or a TV movie, whatever, whatever format you're in, um, it, even like documentary and stuff like it's it's alchemy and you yep. can have all of the ingredients exactly the same as something perfect, like like. It, the 80s are a really great example of this. Star Wars came out in 77, and then the 1980s are just littered with movies that are like, all right, okay, aliens, uh, teenage <laughs> hero, like teenage boy hero, uh, uh, cool spaceships, special effects, uh, swords, guns, roguish sidekick hero, like all, like all of the elements that are in star Wars, if you like distill them and then try and reassemble them, it, it doesn't necessarily make star Wars. Sometimes you get masters of the universe, which is the he man (laughs) movie, which I love, but I love it because of how bad it is. And because I was a kid when I watched it and there's nostalgia there, but objectively it's a, it's a bad star Wars ripoff. Right. Um, but then sometimes you get something that's really cool. Like you get the last Starfighter, which is definitely a riff on Star Wars, but but has its own heart and has its own thing. So it's just there's really no way of knowing when you put all these elements together whether or not it's actually gonna come together to be something that that an audience loves. Or it could end up like John Carter, where you make a great movie, yeah, but the audience just never finds it because a yeah. couple of people, a couple of critics 
uh, pen it for whatever reason, right? Because mostly because they're told to, right? Not that any, like, I don't think that there's a conspiracy of like somebody telling critics, like, you got to write bad reviews, but I think that the marketing geared people up to not like the movie. So they went in expecting to not like it. And so the things that don't work in the movie, they seized on as opposed to enjoying all of the many more things that do work in the movie. So it's a, there's just, there's never any way of telling what, what it's going to be, how it's going to, how it's going to come out. And for Sonic to have come out this good, um, yeah, it's I I would say like Sonic fans deserve it cuz cuz they get they they they're often the butt of jokes online um cuz the Sonic games tend to be more misses than hits. Mm-hmm. Uh but uh, I I I yeah, it's really nice that everybody's kind of getting this moment to be happy about. It. Every time I go on Instagram, the Sonic movie account has like another thing of like number one, two weeks in a row or whatever, like celebrating all of the triumphs of this movie. And then on top of that, Ben Schwartz, uh, who seems to be just a super nice guy um, yeah. and has become prolific when it comes to playing. Uh, uh, like voice acting characters, all of his, all of the heroes that he voices are blue. By the way, he does. Uh, he's Dewey on Ducktales, the blue duck. <laughs> uh, he's Leonardo on Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and he's, uh, and he's Sonic. And there's like, there's like a whole list. There's like ten characters that he's voiced. Um, or played and like and there, a guy made a really great video of it where he's like it's a conspiracy of like Ben Schwartz is trying to play every blue character ever um, but uh, I I just I'm so excited for them to to do the sequel I really 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 hope that they get the rock in the sequel like there's a because there's a joke in the movie where Sonic like wakes up and he's like, how long was I out? Is the rock president? (laughs) Um, And, uh, and, and the rock saw that and was like, this looks pretty awesome. Um, And, uh, and he like, he, he made one of his really sappy, he's known for these sappy sentimental posts of like, he used to play Sonic the Hedgehog uh, when he was young on his Sega Genesis. And now the Sonic the Hedgehog movie is using him as a pop culture reference. And it's just really like, he was like, it's weird how life turns out sometimes. And now he plays Sonic games with his daughter and whatever. So I, so I think he's game for it. And we all know that putting the rock in your movie just makes your movie better. <laughs> so uh, I really want him to play Knuckles. I want him to be the voice of Knuckles because that would be ridiculously awesome. Interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, you don't. You have no context for like ninety five percent of this. I right? know. Okay. So here's the thing. I did a few things when I was a little kid, when I was a little girl, and one of the things was that we had two cousins. They were both boys, and we would play Sonic and Knuckles, like, in the backyard where we would just, like, pretend to be, like, and I just remember that my sister was Knuckles, and I don't think I was Sonic. I think somebody else was Sonic, or, like, one of my cousins. But we did that, and then we would play Ninja Turtles, and I would get to be April. <laughs> but, like, I do definitely, like, I knew who Knuckles was, like, way back, way back. So. Do you, what are, what are Knuckles, I'm not, not, I'm not testing you, I just, yeah, I well, wanted... You're- 
<laughs> You're a little gonna. Test I want to know for myself how how much of this you've retained. Just for my own satisfaction. So this isn't me like trying to go like, oh, you're a fake, a fake gamer girl. I'm just like, I, I'll be really happy if you can tell me what Knuckles' primary powers are. What differentiates him from Sonic? Because Sonic just runs fast and does the spin dash. So what does Knuckles do that's different? You have like multiple tails. I don't know. No, that's Tails. Tails has multiple tails and can fly with his tails. Tails is a fox. Knuckles is an echidna. Oh, okay. What the frick is an echidna? An echidna, E C H I D N A, uh, okay. is uh, it's a, a like an anteater. It's a oh. uh, it's from Australia, and it's got spines like a hedgehog, which is why they picked the character. Um, I'm thinking of tails. Then maybe I know who tails is. And I, didn't, yeah, I think I you're thinking of tails. I completed it with knuckles, but we definitely played Sonic the Hedgehog. It's just like, I never really knew what I was doing. I was always just there. Knuckles has claws on his knuckles that allow him to smash through certain walls and climb up other walls. And then for some reason, Sonic spines are the like triangle shark fin sort of thing. Right. Um, for some reason, knuckles, his spines translate into like dreadlocks that, (laughs) that allow him to glide doesn't make any sense. It makes zero sense, but it's awesome. And Sonic the Hedgehog is one of the coolest characters ever created. And so are all of his friends. Um, and I'm really excited uh, uh, to see them all uh, in the sequel, along with Jim Carrey full-on going Robotnik with the bald head, as we see him at the end of the movie. So, um, okay. S- Sonic sequel, definitely going to happen. Let's talk about Picard. Let's go from bald Robotnik to bald uh patrick stewart Uh, (laughs) what a weird (laughs) but i did it i i so you haven't watched any of picard yet but have you watched star trek discovery i watched some of star trek discovery i didn't watch all of it you need to continue with that because i really feel like discovery is up your alley i think that that especially season two i think you'll like it a lot oh I didn't know it got a season two. I yeah. definitely enjoyed some of the stuff they were playing with in the first season for sure. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, I really like discovery. I know that a lot of people have mixed feelings about it. Um, is it a good star Trek show? I don't know about that. Is it a really good sci-fi adventure show? I think so. Um, I, but, yeah, I uh, it's... Picard, Oh, what to say about Picard? If you are not a hardcore Star Trek fan, I don't know that there's a lot of enjoyment to be derived from this show. Um, Crystal has been watching it with me. And uh, we were on, uh, right as we were about to begin the third episode, I knew from some some news stories that a character from another character from Next Generation was going to be introduced in this episode. They're going to introduce this character, Hugh who was a Borg that um, became separated from the Borg collective and, and, and was connected to data. And, and like, there is, this is a character from season, season like three or four that he shows up a couple of times over the course of next gen. And, uh, and he's very, like, he's very integral to sort of the, the, the lore of, um, of that's a, that's actually, that was a pun and it's, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I intended that pun. There's a Data's brother is named Lore. It it's a whole thing. I did you watch Next Gen? Uh, my mother watched Next Gen, okay. and it was on often when I was around. So no, I didn't watch it because it was one of those weird shows my mom watched. Yeah, yeah. Man, why wasn't I a nerd when I was younger? I, don't I like actively like rebelled against it. Um, Except for Star Wars. But I, I, this character was going to be introduced in the episode, so I was like, okay, I just want to make sure that Crystal knows who this character is going into it because I don't know how much they're going to dig into this and how much like they'll expect you to already know because the show's been very light on um, sort of like retreading, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and so I started talking to her and... In trying to explain the character of Hugh, as I kind of just did, I started to realize, like, like I stopped and I went, Crystal, like, do you understand what the Borg are? Because they haven't explained it on the show. So I'm wondering, like, like I was just trying to kind of get a, get a feel of, like, was she understanding what they are based on the context clues? Uh, within the story and and she started explaining what she thought they were and i was like whoa whoa, whoa. we're like way off base like you're not you're not following the show and i don't think this isn't a dig against crystal like she watches tons of different sci-fi and fantasy stuff with me and she very rarely is like confused by the concepts right uh there might be like a a a storyline that like connects into some other thing, like, like what I'm talking about with star Trek where it's like, Oh, you don't have the context for that. Cause you never watched that original show or we're watching these things out of order or whatever. Right. Um, so that'll be like, those will be the places where she asks questions. Um, very similar to like when I was first watching the Harry Potter movies with her and she had read all of the books and I, was just watching the movies and we would, every time we would walk out of a Harry Potter movie, I would be like, that didn't make sense. And that didn't make sense. And that was dumb. And she would go, yeah, but if you read the book, then this, 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 and this. So, but like, usually she's, she's pretty, pretty like with it on whatever ridiculous sci-fi show I'm forcing her to watch. Um, even though it's not really to her taste. Um, but with Star Trek Picard, I was like, like, what are the Borg? And she was, she started giving this explanation that was like, like, you clearly are not understanding like that. They're like, like a cybernetic organism virus, essentially that like assimilates different alien species. She just thought the Borg were an alien species. Um, and it's like, the show is very confusing if you don't understand what the Borg are. And, right. Like, cause it's, that's the whole thing. The whole plot is revolving around data and the Borg. And if you don't know the backstory of data's character and who he was to Picard and how he died and what all of that meant, and you don't understand, um, what the Borg are as a concept, as this like collective that assimilate different species into them. And they're trying to basically spread throughout the entire universe and take over the entire universe. Um, so that every, every living organism is just part of the Borg collective. If you don't understand that, then like the danger of them being on a Borg cube, which this is all stuff from the first episode, like the like when you see that you see this Borg cube that's been like that's just like derelict in space, it's like I see that and I'm like whoa 
what are they doing? This is a bad idea. Don't mess with Borg technology. Just blow that thing up. Like, like this is, this is not a good idea for crystal. She's just like, okay, they're on a big space cube. And I'm like, this show is failing on a massive level. Cause it's not going to bring in. I don't think it's, it's friendly to new fans. Star Trek Discovery, I think, uh, on on the flip side of that, like I think Star Trek Discovery starts you in a time period where it's like if you're familiar with Star Trek, actually you're probably going to be more angry than if you're unfamiliar with it, and it's just kind of like giving you all of these concepts anew, um, and not handholding, but like reintroducing you to a lot of different things. Um, and there's stuff in there that if you're a Star Trek fan, you're going to be like, okay, cool, Mirror Universe, I get it, but like there's other stuff uh, that that like they're they're gonna you know like take the time uh, organically to tell the story because sometimes the characters in the story are learning these things for the first time as well. But in Picard, it's like everybody is all on the same page without ever having to say anything um, a lot of the time in this story, and so there's a lot of exposition that should happen that doesn't. And then on top of that. I just don't feel like the plot has gone anywhere in the first three episodes. The fourth episode is already aired and everybody says it's really good. So I need to watch it. But, um, but the first few episodes were kind of dull, I think. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that it picks up and that, that it, that it gets better. Discovery took a little while to get going as well. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, I have been a little bit disappointed with it thus far though. There's been some cool moments, but but there's almost been like too many of the like the like turn to the camera and wink sort of like like, hey, remember this thing from the next generation? And it's like, could you guys just maybe tell a story? Um, and I uh, uh, and the other part of it is that Patrick Stewart is getting up there in years. And, uh, it's starting to show on screen. Like, I, I, I think, I think his, his, his most recent, uh, prominent role was, uh, reprising Xavier in Logan, but how much of that was him acting and how much of that was him just aging, um, and then utilizing that to tell a good story. Um, because in Picard, it's like, he's a, like, there's a, there's been a couple of sort of action type sequences where you're like, I don't really, I'm not really buying this. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I do. I, he's, he's also doing a fantastic job and, 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 uh, his performance is good, but I think his age is just starting to show. Um, is it so. supposed to? Is it about him being retired? It, he is definitely retired, and that's a, that's an element of it. But um, but there are also some flashback scenes, <laughs> so it's kind of yeah. I don't know. It's a it's it's a it's an interesting uh, uh, experiment to see if this actor can 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 kind of keep up with all of these these younger actors, although. I will say that for the most part, this cast is middle-aged and up. Um, there's there's a couple of characters that are younger. <coughs> but the majority of the cast is actually more seasoned uh, as opposed to being 
uh, uh, your typical television series about sexy young people, um, yeah. which is which I appreciate. I appreciate that you know if your main character is is up there in years, then the people that he associates with should also be older. They should be yeah. more experienced. He's not going to hang out with a bunch of twenty year olds. It's um, also for like people like my mom. Yeah. Like be watching. I actually like read an article recently where they were like, to 2020 is the year of like the older woman, mm. like with Renee Zellweger and Laura Dern getting a lot of like um, respect and acclaim for their stuff this year and just mm. being like, it, there's a lot of ageism in Hollywood. And so it's yeah. really awesome to see <clears throat> like spaces being made for these older demographics to to yeah. be able to like hone their craft and really just like showcase it so yeah um so yeah i don't know i like i'll, I'll continue to kind of check in on picard as we go um like i said everybody says that the fourth episode is where it kind of kicks into high gear and i and i see that because the because it felt like at the end of the last episode they were like okay we've kind of got our crew now um so let's let's go off on this this adventure um so I can see where it's probably it's probably getting going now, but nice, um, cool. Uh, well, before we jump into our conversation about the good place, let's uh, let's let's first stop and uh, uh, talk about Patreon. Um, I before we get into our ads. I uh, so last week I I kind of outlined what we were our new scheme with with Patreon. But um, but I misspoke and I, I, I kind of flipped the one dollar and the five dollar levels. Um, so what you'll get, I, I now I, if you pledge over on, at patreon.com slash thunderquack uh, at the one dollar a month level, uh, you get access to the Facebook group um, and you get early access to the Thunderquack podcast on Tuesdays. That's the version of the Thunderquack podcast with ads. So you're just you're getting it early, but it still has ads in it. Um, at the five dollar level, you are getting uh, you're getting access to the Facebook group, obviously, but then you're also uh, getting early access to the the ad free version of the Thunderquack podcast. Um, at the $10 level, you get the Thunderquack podcast uncut, which doesn't have ads, um, and you get that on Tuesdays. So that's our extended version where I, I, I mean, like, it, it's usually where we will have conversations that are a little bit more tangent oriented and a little bit less focused. Um, and it's, uh, I, I don't know, some, some people seem to like that. So that's at the $10 level. And then the $20 level, we actually took the what was the $50 level, um, the Patreon producer, and moved it down to $20. Um, so the, the $20 level is now uh, where you get your Patreon producer uh, shout out on the Thunderquack podcast every week. So here we go. Our first, uh, our first Patreon producer is uh, Brian uh, Murawski. Uh, so thank you, Brian, for uh, for for supporting us on Patreon as a Patreon producer. And if you want to be uh, shouted out as a Patreon producer, uh, you can do that by subscribing at the twenty dollar level. Uh, or you can give us more money than that if you want to. Anything above twenty dollars is going to get you a Patreon producer credit. Um, but uh, yeah, so thanks, Brian. Uh, thank you to everybody who's supporting us on Patreon. I have no like people are adjusting their pledges uh, in accordance with the new, the new setup, um, and uh, and that 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 makes me feel pretty good because uh, I, I, it's I, people are adjusting their 
pledges up. I haven't seen anybody adjust their pledge down yet. So, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a good okay. sign. Um, okay. but I, I, as you guys know, Patreon is, is what's kept the lights on for the last little while. And, uh, going into the next, uh, the next phase of, of thunder quack, uh, Patreon's still a big part of that. Um, and I, I we couldn't do it without, without all you guys and your support. So thank you. Um, awesome. Uh, with that, let's, uh, let's, let's hear some ads. Okay. Are you ready to talk the good place? I am so ready to you're talk. So good. ready. As long as you're not actually dying over there I, on the other end of the microphone. I know. No, it's terrible. I don't want, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to die from the cold. <laughs> I think you're going to be all right. I hope so. Well, okay. The thing that really sucks though, is that like I went and got the rest of my vaccine on Wednesday like I, I had gotten twin racks before I went to Indonesia and then mm. I needed to get the second dose of it. And so I went in, but I was already feeling like a little bit woozy in the morning and I like didn't eat. And so I got the vaccine and immediately walked out and like almost fainted in the hallway and then basically haven't felt good since. So I feel like maybe my body was just like immunocompromised or something because it got mm. like extra, it had like extra things that it was trying to deal with. And then it's just like not quite bounced back in the way that it was supposed to. I'm also going to say uh, yeah. that much like a Chidi Anagonye, <laughs> that you push yourself way too hard and you do way too much. Um, none of it to help me with Thunderquack, but that's fine. <laughs> I, I, I'm kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But, um, but, but seriously, like you, you as a producer are all over the place doing so many things for so many people on so many projects that, uh, I think, I think you just collected enough, um, uh, uh debt on your body that yeah. it has just said to you enough, yeah. <laughs> lay down for a few days, please. Um, True. So, but yeah. you know what? It didn't even stop me from going and doing this weekend, another pitch video for a telephone application. So funny. Terrible. Terrible. Like, no, it was terrible because I was like, I can't really come do this, but it's like impossible to do stuff that like requires your presence. Anyways, but I didn't do, I did. I skipped a bunch of stuff this weekend, so I'm going to get better. It'll be fine. You will be fine. You are going to get better. You're a healthy person. Okay, good. Um, well, <laughs> you might have a cold right now it doesn't mean you're an unhealthy human being that's fair. um could you be in better health yes we all could but uh, uh who's got the time i uh, the good place it's all wrapped up i hope everybody has had a chance to to finish watching the good place if you haven't please don't listen to yeah, this don't listen to this we're gonna go right into spoilers because i don't think there's not a lot to talk about in the last season other than the last like three or four episodes. So, but like, but like the good place, like if you yeah. don't know what it's about, you don't know what it's about. Yeah. And it's like a thing that like anybody who hasn't finished the first season, you don't know what the first, what the good place is about. Yeah. And like, it's like this weird thing where somebody was like, Oh, I was like, well, do you know what it's about? And they're like, yeah, like about like moral absolutism and all that stuff. I was like, wait, have you finished the first season? They're like, no, I'm like halfway through. I was like, okay, no, you don't know what the good place is about. Yeah. Like you have to finish the first season to get it. Anyways. Um, so that's rant. So now nobody's listening to this that hasn't finished the first season of the good place. Yeah. So how, how did you feel about the finale? Um, I like it when shows get to end on their own terms. Mm. And that was nice to see. 
I, I mean, it is kind of sad, but it also like makes sense the way yeah. that they ended it. Yeah. Um, what, what else was I watching? I was watching something else, um, <clears throat> recently where I was like, Hey, that's really similar to the good place in that. Like, if you don't have anything to like, like work towards or to stop you, that life just becomes like, like intolerable basically, mm. which was kind of like a really interesting conceit. Um, Oh man, now I'm now I'm wondering what it was that I was watching, where it was like about an immortal or something. It, probably uh, <laughs> something Korean. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I'm kind of going through my brain now, being like, I have watched a lot of Korean dramas recently. <laughs> it is likely. Um, yeah, I. Yeah, I. Man, I am gonna be an unpopular person and say that I didn't like the last season. I didn't. I did not enjoy myself. Um, because they finally got to the good place, and you're like, "Why?" No, I don't even think it was that. I just think. I think that the show sh- probably should have been a little bit tighter and ended a season earlier, mm. um, because I think that last season went on a little bit too long with the with the um, being alive again. Uh, interesting that they could have that that they could have wrapped that a little bit quicker and then and then done everything that they did in this season in the number of episodes they would have had left huh. um because like this season especially felt like there was a lot of um let's stretch this part of the story out a little bit like let's take this this one concept and make it the whole episode so that yeah. Um, so that we can we can save the punch for the last episode um, because they they really that's what they did like a lot of the the there's there's a lot of scooby-doo running through doors do you know <laughs> what I'm referencing like those those sequences in scooby-doo yeah, where like, like they run through one door and then out and you're just like the camera's just on the hallway and it's just it's just we're just using the same animation for the characters to go from one door to another door and we're just going to see all 15 characters run through doors for a solid minute um and that to me like that's what a lot of the last season felt like was them going like and then everything is fine but what about this problem? And it was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Every, every time they turn around and think that they've solved the thing, there's another thing. I mean, Um, and and it gets to the point where like they make a joke about it towards the end of the season. And I was, and it's, it is one of those things for me. It's very similar to when you put a character in something and good place is actually guilty of this, but they pull it off where you put a character in that's like, oh my god, this character is so annoying to the characters in the show. And everybody on the show acknowledges how annoying this character is. And it's like, why would you... Janice is a good example of this. Janice <laughs> in Friends. Right? No, she's so classic, though. Everybody loves Janice. But, but she is obnoxious and annoying and out in incongruous with the show because everybody else is a fairly serious character most of the time except for maybe yeah. Joey. Uh, 
How did we not talk about that being big news? Oh, yeah. Well, because it's not. It's such non-news. It's uh-huh. it's unscripted. Oh. It's going to be them sitting in chairs talking about how it changed their lives. I don't care. Oh, yeah, I don't that's... care about seeing all six of them on stage together. Okay. I want to know what happened to their characters. Yeah, I don't fair. want unscripted stuff. I want another episode. I want another season of Friends. Yeah. What I really want from friends, just to to just this is a perfect thunderquack tangent. While we're in the <laughs> middle of trying to talk about the good place, while I'm trying to make a point, but what I really want from friends is I want Chandler and Monica's show, and then I want the other characters to show up every once in a while. Yeah, that's fair. Right, because I want to see where they're at now. How how long has it been since the 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 twins were born? They're, well, yeah, they're like 18. They were like they're adults now, right? They're adults. Yeah. So what like, I, what I want to see is like the empty nests version of friends where it's like they they all went their separate ways because they all like like Rachel and Ross had their kid and and sorted their stuff out when they finally figured it out. That was, okay, well now their story is no longer relevant cuz now they're just going to raise a kid. Yeah. Right? And argue with each other all the time, but raise a kid. And and Chandler and Monica finally have their family, so they're gonna go off and do their thing, which and 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 Phoebe and Mike presumably would, would do the same thing because that's in the last season what she realizes like, oh, I do wanna be a soccer mom. Yeah. So everybody goes off and does their thing, except for Joey, who gets his own show that tanks, but whatever. Like it, it like he got his show where he was supposed to go find his fulfillment in California. And let's pretend like he did. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't because yeah. that show got canceled. Like I think it got two seasons, but it was not good. Yeah. Um, and we're okay with that. Yeah, we, just it's forget, we just forget that it happened. So the perfect thing to do would be now that all of their kids are adults and have grown up and are like going off to college or whatever, have yeah. everybody come back together. Yeah. And be like, be like, well, like, like basically you would start the show with Chandler and Monica taking their, the, the twins off to college and being like, okay, wait, hang on. It hasn't been 18 years. It's been like 16 years. Has it been 16 years? I don't think it's been 18. Maybe it has though. I, oh man. I think it has. That's insane. How old are we dude? Yeah. I think that's the whole point. I think it, like this HBO thing is going to be like the 20th anniversary so anyways in in any case like like this should be the show is that is they they take their kids off to college drop them off and then go home and then you just have a scene of them just like sitting for like a solid 30 seconds in silence and then Chandler is like what are we supposed to do now because that's what happens to parents like you you and it my becomes mom your wants whole life. Like that. My mom wants a show like that. My mom's yeah. like, why can't they just have shows about people who had kids and then they don't have kids anymore? Yeah. And they just like, I mean, because my parents just like travel around the world with their friends. And like, and so that would be like, that would be the show is that Chandler and Monica would be like, I guess now we have time to do everything we always wanted to do. And then, and then the joke is like, well, what do you want to do? And then they just turn the TV on and watch something on Netflix. Right. (laughs) Like it writes itself. And then you just have to check in with everybody else. And that's like, that's an eight episode 
half hour episode miniseries on whatever you want to put it on. Um, yeah. And we just check in with every character because you would like not you wouldn't just check in with with Ross and Rachel and and Phoebe and Mike and whatever. You would also want to have an episode where you see what has become of Janice and if she's <laughs> still married to somebody or how many kids she has now. And um, you want to check in with with I uh, 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 with with uh, Gunther and, and and Central Perk and everything like there are a ton of characters that I. Uh, that you could, that you could have stopped by, um, yeah. or they go to them or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it's, I, I, that's what I want and we're never going to get that, but I, I mean, like we should, I don't know what Courtney Cox is doing. Matthew Perry's not doing anything. So like, they're just rolling around in the millions of dollars. Well, that, that is kind of the bigger thing is that they don't have to do anything. It Matthew Perry is such a conundrum to me because he is such a good actor, but the <laughs> last couple of things that he did, I don't know if he is just like on, on some sort of mood altering drug that just makes him not care about anything. But his, the odd couple, which is the most recent show that he did. Uh, I mean, I guess he was in, um, was he in 60 rock or something like that? <laughs> like some good sunshine, 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 something. I don't know. He was into studio 60 on the sunset. There show. you go. 30 rock was the other show yeah. and studio yeah. 60 yeah. was the other. It was when yeah. he was on. Yes. But that was a long time ago and he's had like three sitcoms since then. Um, okay. and then he was on like a, it was like an HBO thing about the Kennedys or something. He played one of the Kennedys. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like he really hasn't done a ton, but, but when he, like his, his, the odd couple, it was so weird because he was just like standing on stage saying the lines and not really acting. It was like, it was like community theater level of like, of like, well, he showed up, I guess. Um, but, but he's also the biggest name on the show. So, I really it, enjoyed Seventeen again. <laughs> I love Seventeen again. That's the movie that turned me around on Zach, Zac Efron. Oh no way! Because before yeah. that, I was like, "Oh, that stupid uh, high school musical kid, whatever." I don't even care. Um, and then I watched Seventeen again, and it's great because he just does a Matthew Perry impersonation the whole movie. <laughs> so good. Which you're like, at first you're like, "Okay, he's gonna play a young version of Matthew Perry, whatever." And then you realize, like, oh wait, Matthew Perry is super easy to imitate because he has his <laughs> his mannerisms and way of speaking. And you could tell that, like, he just watched a bunch of Friends and just did that. And and it was it's that's a great movie. That's what that's like because it's it's uh, reverse big, um, and it's a yeah. it's a great reverse big film. Um, nice, dude. Yeah. Cougar Town was good, like the Courtney Cox show. Like they had like a hundred and two episodes or something. I crazy. did not enjoy Cougar Town personally, but I, mean, I understand I that other people did. I didn't watch it, but I'm sure that it was to keep it around that long. I'm sure it was fine. I'm sure anyway. it was fine. Yes. I uh, so the good place. <laughs> Getting so, back yeah. to that. So, anyways, yes. Yeah, so when they have really annoying characters. Um. Yeah. Oh well. So like I, what I was talking about was like that premise of like it got obnoxious how many times they thought we did it. We've solved the problem. Now we're in the good place. No, you're not. You're in the bad place. No, you're not. You're in the medium place. No, you're not. You're in a different place. It's like every time they thought that they did it, 
then the episode ends with a bazinga, right? I don't, I don't remember that being a trope. It definitely was. And then there is a joke, like Ted Danson makes a joke of like the towards the end of the season where they're like they they they're in the good place and he's like I I I keep I don't know what to do now. Like right. I don't like I keep expecting like every every time we solved a problem before another problem would pop up but now we've just we've apparently we did it and <laughs> it's like i get that like that is sort of the ultimate state of them of and and then they're in the good place for eternity and realize that the thing that they need is a not eternity um i love i just i don't know i think the last two episodes were really good like the um what what is it the patty episode with Lisa, yeah. speaking of friends, Lisa Kudrow in a fantastic cameo, yeah. Yeah. which I love so much. But the Patty episode, I thought actually was the finale. Like I thought it could have been the finale. Like that could have been mm. what it was. But um, I really like that they gave it an extra episode to like see them all like make their choices. But I don't know. I think I think that it. I don't know. I liked that 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 worked, and I liked that um, Michael got to be like a character. Like he got to grow into himself. Like in many ways, it yeah. was sort of like story which is cool i do like it's it's not that i don't like what they did i think that personally i just i became exhausted by the show a little bit because it's it it's it's joke 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 and uh and then they would punctuate the jokes with sadness (laughs) and then the last episode was very few jokes and just a lot of sadness. And I was like, I I've grown to love these characters and now it just feels a little bit um, like you're just bumming me out. Like the, like this, like the last episode is just, it's just a bummer. And, and it deserves to be because everybody is just choosing to die. (laughs) So like, that's the scenario that they write themselves into with, with this plot Um, and so there's really no other way out of it. And it's not like, it's It's not like bittersweet though. It's not, not, yeah, I was going to say it's not tearjerker sad, but it's bittersweet, but a bitter, bittersweet is a bummer. It's, (laughs) it's like, okay, well, I I like these characters. I don't want to just see them walk off into eternity. The, the, the only moment in the, in the finale that I'll say that I really, really, really enjoyed was, um, towards the end when i i you you find out that um um jason has yeah. has just been hanging out in the forest for yeah. like a hundred years or something like that like he oh, just probably way more than that yeah man. he just yeah, like he so he, he 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 and like and he became the monk that he was pretending to be in the first season. It was very cool. I, think. I was like, and then he was like, okay, cool. See you later. And then walk through the door. And it was like, okay, that's really cool. Um, Jason Mendoza is like my favorite character on television in a really long time. He's a great character. And I that, love so much. If you see that actor, I, I, if you see him talk, it's like, that's a oh, character. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, he is acting his Annie butt Chisito off. Is so great, but totally different from Jason, and yeah. it's so awesome. And he's he's from Vancouver, hey? Is he? I didn't know that. Yeah, man, That's he awesome. went to UBC and everything. I think. That's awesome. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know. Like overall, I love the series and and probably like once season 4 is on Netflix and I have the chance to kind of go through it and 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 knowing where it's going and knowing what happens and just kind of enjoying it for what it is. I'll I'll probably rewatch it and and enjoy it more. But um yeah, it I mean, I, I guess it, just, I, it bummed I, me out. It just bummed me out. I just think I was probably not in the space for it and that's that's probably all that it is. Is that like I just I probably want it felt like I probably wanted Brooklyn Nine Nine and was getting the good place, <laughs> right? Because Brooklyn Nine Nine has its moments. I'm like, man, there there's an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine that is like it's a bummer too, but I I for the most part Nine Nine is is just silly hijinks, and that's that's kind of what I want, but. I think I just because it was one of the only shows that I was watching regularly as it left Mm -hmm. and was like preparing myself for it to end for a few weeks that I went into the season finale very much ready to sort of be like, how do you end a show about dead people? Yeah. (laughs) Like, like what is the like final thing? And I think that part of what makes it really interesting is that it spoke to because I'm like not really a religious person, but it was kind of nice that it spoke to this sort of unanswerable question at the mm-hmm. end of it, right? Where it's like as much as they created this world where they're like, okay, this is what happens. This is what happens to you when you die. But then they actually created this whole other thing where they're like, well, actually, why don't we just not know what happens to you when you actually like go off? Mm-hmm. To like... So which I just thought was like an interesting way to deal with that. Um, and also like really like it makes you really contemplative and to think about just like the expanse of time and how like such a goofy concept of Baramies, like like it was so many Baramies later that you're like you really have no concept. Like had they been there for tens of thousands of years, had they yeah. been there for a couple hundred, and then you're like, Well, what would be the extent of life that you would like? I just thought it would like really made me like really reflected and like that that like idea of like if you could have oh, and how cool is it that Tahani just gets to be Tahani? Like there was never a thing in it where she was like in any way, like unsatisfied, not having a soulmate or like mm-hmm. just who she was. And she just gets to sort of be herself. And I just think that that's so cool in the end for Tahani to just like, I don't know. I just think there was so many things to like about it that I, I forgive it for its other flaws. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, I'm not even considering it flaws. It just didn't work for me personally. Like it just, it just, it just bummed me out more than I wanted to be bummed out. And <laughs> like, that's all it is. Like, I, I still think that it's one of the best TV shows ever written. Like it's, it's, it's so smart and unapologetic about that. And, um, and, and doesn't, doesn't, um, like take its audience for granted like i think i think that and i think maybe that might be part of what i think i'm i'm uh i i love it for that but i also it also feels a little bit in the last season it felt a little bit i guess performative of like they know that that like they it, the show shouldn't have gone on four seasons like how did this show get to be four seasons on network like if it were a netflix show or an amazon prime show that would be one thing but what? it was on it was on nbc yeah yeah well like who who would have thought if you had told me that yeah, this but- show on paper 
was going to be something that NBC would back and <laughs> see through to its conclusion. I mean, like the the other show that I put in the same echelon as as this, and this tells you how much I like The Good Place, is Community. And Community to me is the greatest sitcom ever. Right. Um. Yeah. And and like, what did they do to Community? They screwed that show over at every turn. Right. I mean, like, that's also Sony. Like it's there's there are multiple people at play there. Um, And it and it's a from a different time period. And I think that the good place gets to be the good place because community went before it. Right. And I could like I've talked about this before, but the final moments of community when it's like the community, the board game and Dan Harmon is the voiceover and he goes into his whole thing of like, like I that the 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 show like you're playing this game that's a meta game about a tv show about a community college and like this is all like in the disclaimer of like some things may not be as they seem because meta 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 and like he's explaining it all and he's like and it might turn out that the the network cancels you three times and then they bring you back and then you're saved by uh, a online streaming service where you find out that what ratings told you were 10,000 people was actually 10 million people watching your show the whole time and you never should have been canceled in the first place and maybe you did make the greatest show of all time and like it's it, it because community went through that the good place gets to have four seasons right <laughs> right because yeah, I, NBC goes like okay well we're actually probably going to make a lot more money off of this show off of the back end um, with like Blu-ray sales and streaming rights and people watching this, like, like I think when community came out, the long tail of television didn't exist. Like friends wasn't on Netflix at that point. Right. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Like we didn't, we didn't have that concept yet of arrested development was still on TV. So it wasn't on Netflix yet. I don't, but when community came out, I don't know if Netflix was really much of a thing. I think Netflix was you. They mailed you DVDs <laughs> when Community started, sure. right? Community's not that old, is it? Community came out a very like it started a long time ago. It's it's wow. been a while. It's six seasons, okay. and I I it's been off the air for a while. When I, I'll look this up while we're talking, but <laughs> um, I guess so. Netflix. I mean, it's- Netflix hasn't been a thing 2009 to 2015. So when community was on. Yeah. That's only like five years ago. Um, Nine to 2015. That's actually a pretty long time, but I guess he had started in 2009, which would have been like, you're right. Like when it was starting, it wasn't really. And then when was, uh, yeah. So season four of arrested development, which I would say marks the beginning of, TV on streaming platforms, like like for real, for real, right? Real, yeah, yeah, when they actually like is 2013. Oh, so that's four years into Community's run before huh. before people start to realize that there's an audience online and that streaming services and blah blah blah. So, yeah, what was I saying about that before before I got distracted by the the technical part of it? But anyways. I, that, that community paved the way for yeah it, it, so like the long tail of television right like now we know we kind of knew at that point because everybody had their dvd box sets of 
the OC and Friends and Smallville. Those are those were mine, uh-huh. uh, and Scrubs and whatever yes. and 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 Thirty Rock and they like we were starting to realize like oh like just because it doesn't have ratings, which is a weird abstraction of how many people are watching a show, doesn't mean that it doesn't have an audience of hardcore dedicated followers not and not an insignificant number right because i think like that was the conception before was that like yeah okay well this show has like a hardcore fan base that's gonna uh uh mail in mars bars to the the network to try and get another season Um, sauce bottles yeah (laughs) um and i think like now we know that for every one of those nut jobs that'll mail something to a network, uh, which I would include myself amongst those nut jobs, <laughs> I and and back things on Kickstarter and whatnot. That there are probably a thousand other people who also love that show and will watch it when it's available, like when it's made available to them. But they're not going out of their way to mail things, but they do they do care. Like they do, they, it is part of their life and they do care enough to seek it out when it's made available to them. Um, and now we know that now we know that that exists and now shows like the Witcher can be produced and put on Netflix and stranger things, a show about kids in the 1980s fighting John Carpenter monsters from a Dungeons and Dragons game. Like that's a show that's going to get four seasons, right? Like, like, uh, we live in a very different time now. And, and so I guess like NBC is maybe smart enough to, to recognize that when they've got a good thing. I mean, like they saved Brooklyn nine, nine as well, which they produced originally. And then Fox aired. And then when Fox dropped it, they picked up nine, nine. So, and to continue the series on knowing that this show is huge on Netflix, this show is like we sell t-shirts <laughs> right <laughs> like we make money off of this show other than the advertising yeah, and yeah. that advertising used to be the model and now advertising like who cares about advertising direct to consumer is the model yeah right that's what star trek is experiencing is like we don't have to go through cbs i mean it is through cbs because it's cbs all access but like it doesn't we don't have to worry about advertisers not wanting to back an esoteric sci-fi show about the nature of humanity (laughs) because there's enough people out there who care about the show that if we put it out they're gonna buy the blu-ray they're gonna buy action figures they're gonna buy t-shirts they're gonna go to conventions like we're gonna make money off of this show in the long term right Um, so it's a worthwhile investment if you can invest right right Um, so I don't, I don't know. It's like a, but it is still weird to me, having grown up in that old system, and still being accustomed to that, and and I would say gun shy, as a result. Like when I watched the first episode of The Good Place, not really knowing what it was, just tuning in because it was Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. <laughs> yeah. Watched that first episode, and I think like we Crystal and I finished that first episode, and I turned to her and I was like, "There's no way this show goes past two seasons. <laughs> There's no way this show like because at the time I think it was like like there would be four episodes, and then maybe it would get picked up to series, <laughs> right? Um, and I was like, "We'll be lucky if they finish this season," and then it kept going, and then the season ended on the cliffhanger of like, "Whoa, you're not in the good place," and I was like, "They." better 
pick this up. And I think they, I think the news came pretty quick of like, yeah, we're going to do a season two, but um, yeah, I, I four seasons and for them to actually get to tell their story um, and to go out, like you said, on their own terms. Cause I think that they probably could have gone five, but yeah. they decided that season four would be their last season. Um, yeah. I don't know what it's, we are, we are living in the golden age of television uh, and it's, it's, it's really great, but it's all just a distraction from what's going on in our world and the decay of Western civilization. So enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. I watched um last week tonight with John Oliver. Yeah. Just, it's like the one thing I've watched today. I'm trying to focus on. Um, and uh, he was basically talking about how Trump's going to see he's going to India this week for his yeah. first like, visit to actual India. And then um, but but basically, what's he going to do? Do they have McDonald's in India? Is it the same? Oh, How's I, he going to survive? He's going to come back like 50 pounds later. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> but anyways, he was talking about how Trump called. Um, so um, I guess there's a guy like the guy that's. Um, Modi is mm-hmm. someone that's like in like who he's meeting with when he's in India. Yeah. Um, who's the who's the PM and um, is doing like terrible things. Um, yeah, politics Trump, in India Trump, is yeah. is scary. Yeah, and um, Trump has, Trump called him like the father of India, which first of all, sorry Gandhi, but like, um, but yeah, like there's there's like a lot of like tension like religious tension right now in india yep. and so it's just like it was really like scary and kind of like the fact that trump is like heralding this guy as like somebody that he really admires you're like oh my god we are so close to just the absolute worst timeline like yep. I, like it's so true and it's just although i will say go canada go for all of the protests they are shutting down everything um what is it what's what's i'm sorry that i don't know how to say uh, it. what's yeah but sweating um and like the protests for like um land defenders and things like that which is really um shutting down the country right now so people are listening yeah um so i hope that i hope that our country at least starts to become a little bit better and listen to listen to the people of the land yeah i don't know it's a there's a there's a balance that that kind of needs to be maintained. Uh, I sound like a Star Wars character, but um, and it's and it's super far out of whack right now, and mm-hmm. it's it's out of whack. I think because it's because of the internet. Like, let's be really clear: what we're doing right now is is a part of it, and we probably have contrib we have definitely contributed to it. Um, the internet has allowed people to 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 find their tribes in a society where we uh, have have um, pretended like we've shed tribalism, right? Yeah. Like like Western society likes to pretend that um, we're melting pots and cultural mosaics and all of that stuff, but. Um, and, and everybody is an individual, like, like we've all become individuals as opposed to, to family units and, uh, villages and, and all of that sort of thing. Right. But we're social creatures. So we find it in other ways and the internet has given us the ability to find our tribe regardless of geography. And that's awesome. I love it. 
the people that we are currently talking to that are a part of our community with thunder quack, like, like there are some people in our community, there are some people who just listen to the podcast and we appreciate those people too. But there are some people that are in our Facebook group or on Twitter or whatever other like social platforms that we're available on um, and active on that interact with us on a regular basis. And to me, like some of those people over the last few years have become family to me. Right. And that's awesome. And that's powerful. And that's really cool. But the dark side of that is that um, we're also able to create these echo chambers where our confirmation bias is fed and it's in a loop of just like it's like gluttonous feeding of like just continually like like posting your SJW stuff and having your same 15 friends like it and then post it to their Facebook. And I'm guilty of this too. Like I'm, I am part of it, but, and, and like the, it happens on the flip side of it. Like it happens on the left. It happens on the right. Um, and it's creating this rift in between, uh, uh, they, it's always been there because it's not like people haven't always felt this stuff, but, but both sides are emboldened to go to the extreme with it. And nobody, not nobody, but I'm, I'm talking in extremes. I'm talking in, in hyperbole and absolutes, but there, there's, there's not a system of checks and balances to keep everything running yeah. Like, like to your point, like, like land protesters are, are land defenders are, are, are shutting down Canada. The trains aren't running on time. Society yeah. is being impeded because of these protests. Now I am on the side of, of these protests uh, for several reasons. The environment is a big part of it. The other part of it is the sovereignty of these nations that, the the united nations has acknowledged and that canada says that it acknowledges and yet doesn't like i it's what what trudeau our prime minister said was that the rule of law has to be acknowledged it has to be followed and my response to that is like yeah but only when the rules are the white people rules yeah. right like those are that's the rule of law that we defend we don't defend the rule of law of people with copper skin, right? That's not, they don't count. We don't, we don't make sure that they have uh, uh, clean running water. We don't make sure that they have access to social assistance programs that could maybe help with some of the problems in their communities. Right. I thought it was really funny that one of the things that people were saying, they're like, um, do you realize that these blockades on the trains will mean that we won't have the chlorine to be able to get our water purified, yeah. which means you're going to have to boil your water. And then like these indigenous communities are like, Ooh, yeah. Like ooh, we've been ooh, doing ooh. for 27 <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's the right number, but whatever. You, you, everybody gets my point. Uh, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I am of the firm belief that Canada and the United States are too large to be governed, that they, that the, the, the right thing to do is to break up our federal governments and, and, and like break it down into the territories that they are. And that in that process, indigenous communities should be given 
full sovereignty, not fake sovereignty. Like, like we, like we say the word sovereignty and it's a, it's lip service. It's like, Oh, here you can have your sovereignty, which means that you get to, you guys get to elect your own leaders. And it's like, well, yeah, everybody gets to elect their own leaders. We call it a mayor. They call it a chief. It's like, the the difference being that like we have stolen the land and they were here first like that's those those are the main differences and then what sovereign like these the idea of sovereignty has allowed the canadian government and i'm sure i don't know as much about the american government and the way that that's been structured but i'm i see the same result so i'm sure that it's the same thing it allows them to go like well we're not going to help you with that yeah you said you wanted your sovereignty here. You have it. It's like, well, yeah, but we're still part of Canada. Yeah. 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 And you know, like we'll, we'll talk about it on the campaign trail, but nobody's actually going to do anything about any of your problems. And like the, the thing that drives me nuts is that these communities are often adjacent to white communities that don't have the same problems. Right. And it, it, it's, there's just there's 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 so much bad blood and there's so much um historical uh, it's okay there's so there's so much uh, like hurt um on on the side of the indigenous communities that it like reconciliation is dead that's like the biggest thing that people yeah it's it i don't know and uh, like it's really hard for me because I obviously identify as a, as a white person and I present as a white person, but I am part of uh, an indigenous tribe. Like I'm like, like I am Taltan. It's that's my heritage. It's not that far removed from me. Uh, like my grandma grew up in that community and then was taken from that community. And like that, so like this stuff, it means a lot to me. Um, because I have that personal connection to it, but this, it's very similar to that, the argument of like, when a man says, um, oh, it wasn't until I had a daughter that I really started thinking about how women are treated. Uh It's like, well, that's too late. And you're a shitty person for not doing it before then. I just swore on the podcast. That's fine. Uh, I'll allow it. It's PG-13. We're talking about, we're talking about politics. Yeah. (laughs) you should have cared about women as human beings before you were responsible for a human being. I like to think that, that I became aware of women's rights and the importance of them (laughs) before my daughters were born. So hopefully I I have a leg to stand on in that argument. Um, But I know that it does matter more to me now (laughs) that I have two daughters and I fight harder now. Um, And, and I know that I fight harder on, on these sorts of things so because because of my personal connection, I just hope that other people who don't have that personal connection can also try and put themselves in the shoes of these communities. And it's and honestly, like like when we talk about the uh, these indigenous communities, I think that like what also has to be acknowledged is urban communities, uh, especially in the United States that deal with a lot of the same problems, even though they are inside of. Right. community like city like like new york city where right. other people in that city have access to everything to to make their lives better and then urban communities predominantly black and and hispanic and latino communities are 
treated as other and not given the same access and not given the same resources to succeed. So it's just, we're just screwing up as a society in general and failing so many of these people. And that divide is just making that even harder to fix, harder to, to, to rectify. I, I don't know. I have no solution. Um, I, this, the only solution that I have access to is talking about it like this and hoping that, that some of the people that listen to the podcast because they want to hear us talk about nerdy stuff also hear this still talking yeah and then and then we can start a dialogue about it because i'm sure that like i'm sure that there are people who are on that more right-wing side who disagree with a lot of what i said i'm sure that there's also probably uh our our more left extreme friends who uh would want to uh take me to task for some of the language that i've used or or the the sentiments that i've expressed so like it, it, but the problem, I think, is when we don't open the dialogue and we just shout at a person and then walk away and we write we write people off like I've, I've got I, I have friends within the Thunderquack community, within the Star Wars community that are Trump supporters that are they're not necessarily Trump supporters, but like right wingers and stuff like that. They like I I they're still my friends. There's still we have a connection because of something else, and I have to be able to to maintain that friendship because if I don't, then everything is lost, right? Like, well, like, can just I mean, it's it's isn't that like we've talked about that before about how like sometimes the people that can make the biggest difference are the ones that are closest to you, and like yeah. being friends with someone doesn't mean that you agree with everything that you say, but you can call them out in ways that other people can't. Yeah which is why those friendships are important and why, especially when we're talking about women's issues, why men's friendships are important too. talk about, Oh, Weinstein being, um, being, uh, sentenced. So, you know, there are some like glimmers of hope in the, in the chaos and we just got to keep moving forward. I think as best we can. I, I feel like it's trending in the right direction, but it's, but, but like when, uh, Trump was elected, things felt like they were trending in the right direction. And so people got complacent and, and Democrats didn't go out and vote and Hillary supporters didn't go out and vote. And people voted for independence thinking that their vote didn't matter. Um, when what we really needed was everybody to stand up against bigotry and hatred and all of that stuff. And now we find ourselves in the situation that we're in because I think that a lot of people, good people, did nothing or took a neutral stance intentionally. And that's not what we need. We need, we need good people with good hearts and common sense to stand up and fight for stuff. Um, so I don't know. It is an election year. We're going to talk about this a lot. This it's <laughs> it, this is going to be a big, when I say election year, it's an American election year. Uh, yeah. So, uh, this is this is everybody's chance to to fix it to to move things back towards um it's not even about left or right it's just about like basic human compassion uh not locking up children putting them in cages and oh, God. adopting them out to people when they have families um yeah anyways uh let's end on that note speaking of the good place being a bummer let's us be a bummer um <laughs> Cool. We're going to take next week off. 
Um, because Amanda, do you want to talk about why we're going to take next week off? Because I'm going to be going to New York City um, for the international premiere of The Butterfly Effect, so the animated film that I did this year as part of Women in Animation and Women in View, uh, Five and Focus program. Uh, we got selected for the New York uh, Children's International Film Festival. Very exciting for that. And so it's um, it's already started. So there was one screening already last weekend. Um, but we're going to go down for the industry weekend, um, which is next weekend. So, so there's some new panels and events that we're going to go attend. And then our screenings, we did we have two screenings. One of them's already sold out. Very exciting. Um, but if you're in New York City, come check it out. 530 at the SVA Theater in New York City in the Chelsea area on uh, March the 1st. And so me and Steph, the director, are going to be down there and there's a Q&A after it. And I'm going to hang out with my friend. That's actually like one of the more exciting parts that I'm excited for is that she's going to come pick me up from the airport. I'm just going to go like hang out with her and her cats. And I guess her <laughs> awesome. husband as well. But like, <laughs> but like we're just going to like drink wine and eat pizza and just hang out. So That's I hope awesome. I'm feeling better because I have to take a freaking yeah. red eye and I just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> And if people aren't going to be in New York, uh, they can go to spectacle5films.com and check out the trailer, right? Yes, because Mike made me a beautiful website. Thank you. It's on its way to being a beautiful website. Yeah. It's still a work in progress, but you can go watch the trailer and, and see some stills and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, awesome. Cool. Well, uh, that's it for the Thunderquack podcast this week. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, for listening and thank you to everybody who supports us online uh, you can check out all the other great uh, podcasts in the Thunderquack podcast network by heading to thunderquack.com uh, and you can follow Thunderquack on Facebook at facebook.com slash Thunderquack I think I need to know these better um, I did just change Twitter to Thunderquack pod from Thunderquack mm-hmm. net so it's at Thunderquack pod um, so change your, when you're tagging us, tag accordingly. Not that that many people do, but, uh, that, that has changed. Uh, and, uh, and we are on, uh, Instagram, uh, at, at Thunderquack net. I it's don't so know. Funny. It's so funny to watch Just go, things. just go search the things. Oh, I wanted to talk about this project podcast. luminous thing and I totally forgot about it. And it's all been launched now and announced and it's really exciting star Wars stuff. So tune into rebel cells, uh, yeah. which is, uh, either coming out or has come out this week already where Matt and I will talk a lot about project luminous, um, right. and the first episode of the clone wars. Um, <laughs> of the new season i uh, you can follow me on facebook no don't follow me on facebook don't do that. <laughs> um th- just because there's nothing to follow on facebook you can follow me on twitter and instagram at arkwolf a-r-k-w-u-l-f and you can follow me on twitter at aconkin a-k-o-n-k-i-n and you can add an 86 to that for instagram uh, and uh, of course, if you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. And uh, second, by going to patreon.com slash thunderquack and kicking in with your monthly pledge of support and getting some cool rewards, which I already talked about uh, right before the ad break. So uh, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you, everybody, for your continued support, especially as we're uh, uh, in this transition to ad supported and uh, I. Uh, moving some stuff around and all that sort of stuff. It's it's really nice to know that everybody still has our backs um, and wants to listen to the content, um, even if there are obnoxious uh, ads. I know, ads are so obnoxious. Just hit the skip 30-second thing on your podcast player. Um, uh, or maybe just listen to them because you never know. You might want to buy something. Uh, consumerism. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We will catch you. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the Thunderquack Podcast.
Yeah. 